You're listening to Rhema for Today. Hallelujah. See, there is a work of the Holy Ghost in your life in the new birth, a well of water springing up in everlasting life. But there is an experience of being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, whereby rivers, not one river, rivers of living water flow out of you to help and bless others. The water in you is just for your own benefit. But the water flowing out of you is for the benefit of others. But the point I wanted to make was this, that Jesus teaching about the Holy Ghost said, but this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they believed on him should receive for us. Yet the Holy Ghost is not given because Jesus is not yet glorified. Now. Welcome to Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on healing, how to receive it and how to keep it. Find out more next on Rhema for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. I was teaching an afternoon on faith. And so I was just teaching away. You know, it was just a Bible lesson on sudden faith. Not, not, not having a laying on a hand service, not praying for anybody, just teaching, that's all, just teaching. And so the word of the Lord came unto me saying, there was a person that was blind, totally blind. Their right eye was just healed. So I just spoke that out. Well, now there's a lady sitting here, right, like these fellows are here, and there's one lady there on the front too. And so when I said that, and you're right, I instantly, she'd, whoa, it's me, me. <laughs> and she could see, she is totally blind. Now, not only that, at the same time, there were four other people that are totally blind. Their right eye always instantly healed. Sometimes you see when the Spirit of God's moving, you know, you know, the Word of God teaches us that the Holy, that water is a type of the Holy Ghost. Don't the Bible teach that? I said, doesn't the Bible teach that? Now, when it comes to the new birth, because there is the work of the Spirit of God, it's the Holy Spirit that recreates your spirit and imparts eternal life unto your spirit through the Word of God. And so the water Jesus said, I give you will be in you, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Well of water. Well, water's in the well. Glory to God. But Jesus said, the last day of the feast, he stood and cried and said, Ho, everyone is a thirst. Let him come unto me and drink. John 7, 37 through 39. For he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, our innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there is a work of the Holy Ghost in your life in the new birth, a well of water springing up in everlasting life. But there is an experience of being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, whereby rivers, not one river, rivers of living water flow out of you to help and bless others. The water in you is just for your own benefit. But the water flowing out of you is for the benefit of others. But the point I wanted to make was this, that Jesus teaching about the Holy Ghost said, but this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they believed on him should receive for us, yet the Holy Ghost is not given because Jesus is not yet glorified. Now, I want you to notice this, that the rivers are flowing. Did you notice out of your innermost being? So flow, 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 flow. Did you ever see a flowing river? You have, haven't you? Well, you see, the thing about it is, just because one man got into that flow and, and, and went down the river, everybody that gets in will go with it. So you see, the Spirit of God said there's a person with a blind eye, but the rest of the people realize and recognize the flowing of the river, and they just got in too and went with it. And if you'll do that when the spirits are flowing in a certain direction, just get with it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Now, now, you see, here, here was uh, here, this lady. Well, I went right on back to teaching. In that same meeting, they, uh, they, they, they brought a fellow in. I saw him when he came in. 
Now, now the man had crutches, but he couldn't move along by himself. There was a fellow with him, a man helping him, holding him up, him trying to motivate on those crutches. Every seat's taken. There's no place for him to sit down in the back. Somebody down at the front over to the side like these, some seats here, but there was just one, one, one little, well, there's just some chairs, no, no bench, some chairs over there to the side of the little platform, like, because we was in this room, you know, in a, in a motel. And so uh, they, they bring him down now. Now that room, you see, where we were having this class wasn't really any bigger than this room. Possibly a little deeper, not quite as wide, but probably square feet wise, about the same. And so one or two of the ushers got up to help this fellow because I'll tell you, it looked like all, I'm still trying to teach and they're trying to come down the aisle there. They're about halfway down. It just, you know, it looked like it took them 30 minutes to get halfway down the aisle. So two of the ushers got up and the three men just sort of got a hold of that fellow and just virtually carried him. I mean, standing up, just sort of carried him down there and helped him. He can't sit down by himself. Finally helped him sit down in this chair. Well, I recognize the man. Because, see, this is 1965. You see, I had prayed with him a couple of years uh, or uh, 12 years before, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Actually, uh, he had been in Pentecostal circles, had been a member of Pentecost Church all of his life, a grown man somewhere in his 50s. He'd built a very wealthy fellow, built the first shopping center in the whole shopping center in his city. But, and, and, but he'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'd prayed with him, laid hands on him. He's filled with the Holy Ghost in 1950, November, December. Well, latter part of November, first part of December, 1953. Now then, this is January 1965, you see. So I recognize the man. And, and you know, the thought, I'm still teaching, but the thought flashed through your mind, you know, wonder what happened to him. Well, maybe he's been in a car wreck and all stove up because you can see he can't hardly move, you know, he's on these crutches. Maybe that's what happened to him. I don't know. But then, just as I finished my lesson, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying about him, said, tell him to get up and walk, he's healed. Well, I didn't touch him, didn't lay hands on him, didn't pray for him. I just pointed out to him and said, the Lord told me to tell you. He tried to get up, couldn't the fellas helped him up, and he might have took one or two halting steps with their, with their helping him and just walked right off perfect. Amen. Now then, five years later, he or six, he was in one of my meetings and uh, I saw him back and I called him up to the front, you know, told about his healing. He leaped off of a high platform and, you know, now it's somewhere in his 60s and ran down the aisle. <laughs> now here's his testimony. See, he was a man of some wealth and his said, like I told you, built the first shopping center, owned it, paid for it, clear, man worth millions. And the doctors in his city couldn't figure out what's wrong with him. They sent him over to Los Angeles. And they couldn't exactly figure out what was wrong with him. They suggest that he go to uh, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And so he, uh, you know, he being a man of some wealth, he just charted him a jet plane, just charted the thing and flew him up there. He stayed up there quite a while and they did find out what was wrong with him. It's a very rare disease. Not too many people have it. It's not, it's, it's something very similar to uh, multiple sclerosis and yet it isn't that, but it does attack the, the, the muscles and nerves of your body and they said to him at the Mayo Clinic, we'll just be honest with you and tell you the truth about it. Not a thing in the world will be done. 
He was on a cane at that time. He said, you'll go from the cane to the crutches, from the crutches to the wheelchair. And right then he should have been in the wheelchair. They, and then you'll go from the wheelchair to the bed and from the bed to your grave. Absolutely incurable. But there was heal. Praise God. And these years later, in fact, I just saw him uh, out full golf business convention this last January in, in Phoenix. Saw him there. Praise God. Somewhere, you know, in his 70s now, but still healed. Glory to God. Well, now, the point I'm making with you is this. You see, that's sort of the way this man was healed. Jesus didn't take time to preach to him. He just said to him because the Spirit of God motivated him. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And then the point I wanted to make was that these two were the only ones I ministered to in the whole crowd. The woman with the blind eye, the man, that man. I, I, I couldn't minister to anybody else that way. Why couldn't you? Now, I could minister to him by laying on hands any time because the Bible says that. I could minister, you know, by anointing with oil as, a, as an elder in the church or pastor or minister because the Word of God teaches that, doesn't it? Or I could minister to him without anointing of oil or without, uh, you know, uh, the regular laying on of hands, you know, just as a point of contact you might touch somebody or, or, or pray with them in faith and agree with them because the Bible teaches that. But I'm talking about these things, you see. I'm talking about the different ways, the different methods. It only happens as the Spirit wills, not as I will. You know. And if that's the only ones that the Spirit, well, now, let's go back there to what we were talking about Elisha. He, uh, Gehazi knew that he couldn't get by with that. I mean, he would know if Elisha knew everything about everybody, but he didn't know everything about everybody. That's quite obvious, isn't it? Yet the Spirit of God did see fit to tell Elisha. And he said, my spirit went with you. Now, what did he mean when I, my spirit went with you and you joined yourself to your chair? Well, he just simply meant that, I was, that God gave him a word of knowledge revealed to him in his spirit. I can remember more than once. Now, this didn't happen to me every month. It didn't happen to me every six months. But it would happen to me, I'd say, at least uh, every six months and sometimes a little more frequent. But sometimes it may be nearly a year as a pastor. I may just be preaching away on Sunday mornings, right in the middle of my sermon sometimes, or maybe some singers would be singing, and I'm just sitting here on the platform, and suddenly I'd just be off in another city. I can hear what's going on here, but I can't distinguish the words. Even if I'm preaching, I can hear the sound of my voice, but I can't distinguish the words. I'm standing on a street in a town 15 miles away from the town where I'm pastoring. I see one of my church members, and I see him commit sin. Now God didn't show that to me just so I could go tell it. I didn't tell anybody. God didn't show that to me so I could go blab it. You go to blab it and he'll quit showing you things. He wants me to help them. You know God wants to recover people that sinned. The Bible said if any among you be overtaken in a fault, well really correct translation is sin. I'll prove it to you even from the King James. I'm reading King James quoting Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest ye also be tempted. Notice the word tempted there. So it couldn't be a fault. You know, we all have faults. Some are fast, some are slow. We all have faults, don't we? Huh? You know? But now this can't be a fault that he's talking about. Because you're not tempted to faults. He said those that were to restore him, consider themselves. Remember the scripture said that? Lest ye also be tempted. So actually what it literally says, if any among you among whom? Among the saints. Paul's writing to the church. 
be overtaken in sin, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first item in this offer is the book from Kenneth E. Hagan, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. The next item is the two-CD set from Kenneth Hagan, Defeating the Giants in Your Life. All this for the special price of $15.95. That's $9 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We'll always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We might want to mention that our Rama Bible School here in Tulsa yes. is uh, getting ready for graduation. The graduation, our actually the our forty-fifth Rayma yes. graduation. Yes. It'll be Friday night, May seventeenth at seven p.m. Now. Uh, we need people to realize that we have changed the venue. It's not downtown Tulsa anymore. It will be at ORU in the Maybe Center, and that's at 7777 South Lewis Avenue, rbtc.org yes. for all the details. That's right. And and, and you're, we, we welcome everybody to come, and especially if you have friends or relatives that are yes. graduating, come and support it's them. It's just a wonderful time. It's a great time. That's right. Monday, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagan's life-changing teaching. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.